explaining a joke. And you either got it the first time or you didn't. And spending another 2,000 words retelling it probably will not improve on the original. That's how I was feeling. <laughs> you all are smart, and Stone Soup is pretty straightforward. The lesson is obvious, and if you somehow missed it the first few times, they repeat it again and again. Bring what you've got. Put it in the pot. We're making stone soup. In other words, when we gather together and share what we have, when we bring our gifts to each other, to the community, we can make something better than we would on our own. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. There is this magical secret ingredient in community, something miraculous that happens when we give up what we have for each other. We've all heard it often enough that it's a cliche, so why spend 15 minutes to tell it again? Probably only 12 minutes. This week on retreat, when we picked up our friend Lindsay in Des Moines and started our drive into the Black Hills, the first thing she told us about was this article she had read about a trend in China called lying flat. It's a phenomenon that has taken off among people in their 20s, started by one young man who left his factory job and was now kind of scraping by with odd jobs and spending the rest of his time on cross-country bike trips. <laughs> he had opted out of one particular vision of collective life what Chinese workers call the 996, their version of the 9 to 5, except that it starts at 9 a.m. and goes to 9 p.m. six days a week to bring prosperity to the country and maybe some personal advancement. But lots of folks have had enough of that version of life, and they want out, and then someone put a name to it, and it kind of caught fire, lying flat. And it isn't just happening in China. Young people in America are doing their own version of lying flat, opting out of the systems that were supposed to give structure to their lives, refusing to pursue the things they were told to care about. An American Twitter user wrote, I don't want to have a career. I want to sit on the porch. That tweet has currently been shared almost 90,000 times and favorited 415,000. I came across it in a New York Times opinion piece by a woman who had quit her own job on NPR, her dream job, to move back in with her parents in West Virginia and sit on their porch. Around the world, people are sitting on porches and lying flat. They're dropping out refusing to play the game. And of course, the powers that be are concerned. Chinese authorities took down that original blog post about lying flat and are aggressively censoring further reference. American pundits are wringing their hands about businesses that can't draw people off their parents' porches. The story, one story about this generation is that they're lazy and entitled and selfish. They've forgotten about that secret magical ingredient of sharing. They're hoarding their vegetables behind locked doors. They're hiding their light under a bushel basket. And that 
to be honest, was more or less my reaction when I heard about lying flat. Not that I think people should give their lives for either the Chinese or American economy for the 9 to 5 or the 996, but for something. You need to have some project in life, some calling, some larger thing to be part of, a soup that's worth throwing your carrot in. Or whether you need it or not, you, you've got it. God made you for a purpose, and, and ignoring that to sit on a porch is selfish. That's what I thought. But the more I read about it, the more I came to feel like that, that impulse to lie flat is not selfishness. It's hopelessness. I realize that there's another reason you might hoard your vegetables behind locked doors or, or refuse to put your heart into your work, into your life, not because you're selfish, but because you've stopped believing it matters. You've stopped believing in that magical secret ingredient, stopped trusting that there is a soup worth contributing to. You no longer think there's something that we're capable of building together, a new and better world that we could make with one another if we all pitched in. What used to be cliche is now controversial. That if we bring what we've got and we put it in the pot, we can make something good, something delicious. That if we give our lives into each other's keeping, give our hearts to the project of human community, it will come out on the other end to be a feast. Who believes that old story? You don't have to be in your 20s to be skeptical. You can be at least 40. So many of the things we've been asked to trust, to give to, to sacrifice for, have turned out not to be worth it. Capitalism, communism, country, church. The institutions that were supposed to have held us have let us down. The soup that we contributed to turned out to only feed a few or to not be that delicious for most of us. And even if we think we might have found something worth contributing to, worth living for, it can be hard to imagine a future in which it's going to pay off. Why build something beautiful in a world that is on fire? Why throw your veggies in the pot when you may or may not be able to get within six feet of your neighbors and eat it together? In the last 18 months, so many of us have asked, is this what I'm giving my life to? What I've been doing, and, and do I want to keep doing it? It's so hard to imagine that that investment will pay off, that the sum will prove to be greater, that soup can be made from stones. It seems impossible to believe, feels like it would take a miracle. And it's always felt that way. Jesus sees the people and has compassion on them because they're like sheep without a shepherd. Wandering, aimless, lying flat. The disciples see the people and all they can see is their hunger. A hunger that they can't imagine satisfying. The hunger for food, but also the hunger for a world that is different and better. What are the chances that they can deliver what that crowd needs? And Jesus tells them, bring, bring what you've got. 
There's a secret ingredient. And they're skeptical because they've heard it before. Just sacrifice a little of what you have. We'll, we'll make it into more. They've heard it before. Chip in. Do your part. Play the game. It'll be worth it. Take out student loans. You'll definitely find a job. Recycle and turn off your lights. Together, we're going to turn this around. Pay into Social Security. It'll be there to catch you. Work 60 hours a week for just like a few years. Use your one vote. We can change things. We can restore hope. The disciples are skeptical. They've, there have been other shepherds to follow, other strangers making soup. It hasn't ended well. So why not keep what they have? Send the people off to make their own dinners. Let them do what they've got to. Lie flat. Sit on the porch. Don't get their hopes up. Why try to make more of this world than is possible? More of this bread, these fish, a few stones. They don't need a feast. Just let them eat their carrots in quiet. They've stopped believing in something better, almost, if he would just quit stirring the pot. But he gathers their pitiful little pile and he blesses it and breaks it and gives it to the crowd and the magical secret ingredient appears like he said it would. And they eat their fill and there are leftovers and it's a feast and the world is different. It's better. Better than they had believed. Better because they believed that it still could be. That the miracle could still happen. Just bring what you've got. Put it in the pot. We'll make stone soup. We know that story. We've heard it so many times. This story of multiplying that food happens six times in four books of the Bible. Why waste 12 minutes to tell it again? Especially when it's so hard to believe. We're, we're wise enough to know there is no magical secret ingredient. The miracle no longer works if it ever did. Life is broken beyond repair. There is nothing left worth giving your heart to. Better to lie flat, to sit on your porch, to keep your carrots to yourself. We all know it, especially now, so well that it's becoming a cliché. But then this week, these three hungry travelers came into town. I got word during staff meeting, an email that said, we have a family. This mother, this father, their five-year-old son flying in from a camp in Zambia to start again here. And the call went out, bring what you've got, a bag of rice, a chicken, some spices, and yesterday when I carried the, a couple last bags of food to Judy's car, the trunk was overflowing. And last night, they got to bring hot food to those three hungry travelers. All together, it was enough for several feasts. And yes, it's just your lentils and their onions and someone else's cassava flour but it's also something else, something greater, something better, something more than any of us could make on our own. 
There is a magical secret ingredient in our life together if we're willing to trust it, to risk it, to give our hearts and our lives to it. I don't blame anyone for being skeptical. There are so many pots not worth contributing to. The 9 to 5, the 996, every soup that is rich for some and broth for the rest. And also sitting on the porch and lying flat and opting out. There are so many things not worth giving your life to, including giving it to nothing. There are so many things not worth giving your life to, and there are also still some things that are. The miracle can still happen, is still happening here. Don't shut the door on it. Don't close yourself off to it. Soup can be made from stones. Thousands can be fed with what little we think we have. The world can be different can be better, we can make it so. You know the story so well, too well. Believe it again. The miracle can still happen. Bring what you've got.